He was called Hakim of this Ummah. What does Hakim mean? Does anyone know what a Hakim is? Wise. A wise person. Very good. Was Sayyidul Qurabi Dimashq. He was the best, one of the best reciters and his knowledge of Quran was immaculate. He was also the first judge of Damascus. The entire Umayyad dynasty, everyone who was a judge or a major scholar of fiqh in the entire Umayyad dynasty was either a direct student of Abu Darda anhu or a student of Abu Darda anhu student. He basically was the biggest influencer of fiqh in the entire Syrian region. May Allah protect the people of Syria. May Allah subhanahu wa alleviate the difficulties them in Turkey as well for the uh, earthquake that has happened and claimed over 5,000 lives. It just shows us how how simple life is. That I was, I don't know, one of the scholars told me, but you guys may know the accuracy of it, but I heard that the tremor of it was felt all the way to Greenland. That it happened over there, but the tremor was felt all the way to Greenland. Uh, may Allah protect us. And we hear that in the t- end of times, these things will become more prevalent. He became Muslim on the day of Badr, uh, uh, after Badr. He participated in the Battle of Ahad. And he was from the scholars. And he was really known for his wisdom. And he was also known as an ascetic. He was a man who had a lot of businesses. But after he became Muslim, he let go of his businesses and dedicated his time to learn the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So from his advices, the first one is, لا تحقرن شيئا من الشر أن تتقيه أن تتقيه ولا شيئا من الخير أن تفعله. Don't think any sin is too small for you to avoid, and don't think any good deed is too small for you to do. Don't avoid a sin. Don't don't do a sin because you think that oh it's too small, it's minute, and don't ignore a good deed because you think it's too basic, it's too small. But rather, every sin avoid and every good deed do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Whoever does one atom of good deed, they will see the result of this. And whoever does an atom of a bad deed, even a small speck of it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show it to them. We know that there are two women that are mentioned from Banu Israel. One of them was a prostitute who committed zina and adultery and she committed so much sin. One day she was in her state after committing zina, she's walking and she sees a dog and this dog is thirsty. What does she do? She gives the dog water. And then what does Allah do? Forgives her. The same adulteress by one good deed became the person whom millions of people take inspiration that Allah can forgive them by just one action of hers. The Persian poet says, that the mercy of Allah looks for a bahana, looks for an excuse. It doesn't have a price to it. It's not about who does it the most expensive or the biggest gesture, no. Every good deed tried to do, even if it's a small good deed, you see something on the floor, pick it up. Any good deed you see, smile. Rasulullah says in a hadith that on the day of judgment, a person will be summoned in front of their Allah. 
There will be nothing besides you and your Creator. You'll look towards your right and there will be Jahannam. You'll look towards your left, there will be Jahannam. you look behind you, there will be Jahannam. So you're surrounded around Jahannam and your Rabb is in front of you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will summon you and say that you did this sin and you did this sin and you did this action, you did that action. And then you will be scared at that moment that what, what is going to happen with me? And then at the end Allah will say to some people that I have concealed your sins in this dunya not to punish you here, but I have not only forgiven them, but turned them all into good deeds. And then the servant will say, Ya Allah, there were some other sins you didn't mention. When he sees the rahmat of Allah, the person will say, Ya Allah, there were some other sins you didn't mention. So Rasulullah Sallallahu at the end of that hadith says, لا تحقرن من المعروف ولو أن تلقى أخاك بوجه طليق Don't think any good deed is too small, even if it means just to smile at your brother or at your sister. And protect yourself from the hell, fire, even if it's with a piece of a date. You can only donate a dollar, donate a dollar every time you come. Anywhere you go, if that's all you can do, 25 cents, put that inside. Whatever little you do, don't look at it as little. For the one who is weighing it is Allah. Your 25 cents and your $250,000, Allah doesn't need either of it. But always, always, always try to do some good deed and avoid sins as much as possible. Don't look at a small, oh, just, this, this, is, this is my evil. This is my halal-haram ratio. No. But try to avoid every single sin that you can. And there was another woman that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punished. And why did she get punished? She got punished for something simple. She had a cat and she put it in a cage. And she oppressed a cat. And that woman has no other sin but just this. That is that we know of. But Allah punishes her for abusing a cat. And just even an animal. What is Allah showing us over here? That he weighs deeds. Do as much as good as, as you can and avoid as much as sin as you can. And leave the judgment to Allah and seek forgiveness from him. Ramadan is coming. We're what, about 45 days till Ramadan. Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, إِنَّكُمْ لَتَعْمَلُونَ أَعْمَالًا هِيَ أَدَقُّ فِي أَعْيُنِكُمْ مِنَ الشَّعْرِ وَكُنَّا نَعُدُّهَا عَلَىٰ أَحْدِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَىٰ عَلَىٰ سَلَىٰ مِنَ الْمُلِيقَاتِ You do certain actions and you think it's nothing. But in the time of Nabi alayhi salam, we thought that this very action would send us to hell. What is he talking about? One time, there was a sahabi, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he came to pray with Rasulullah and now Nabi Alaihi is praying. By the way, this happens a lot with the brothers, less with the sisters. In order for someone to lead jama'ah, you have to make niyat of being an imam. Commonly, what happens in the masjid when the jama'at is missed, someone is praying their sunnah or something, someone just stands next to you and says, Allahu Akbar, and they start to pray. That is not allowed. It's a, one of those common mistakes that people do. There's no evidence of dalil. I've asked many people, what is the dalil? Why do you guys do this? First of all, in a masjid, if you miss the jama'ah, you should pray your own salah afterwards. There's no second jama'ah. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that let's say you do a second jama'ah and you have a group of people, TK, you're doing it. You shouldn't do it, but let's say you did it. You shouldn't just be joining any random person in salah and praying with them. Uh, you should be, if a person makes niyat of imamah, then it is okay. Otherwise, I, in, it happens to me in Plano Majid all the time. If I come late, I start praying my own salah and people come next to me. And I, don't st I just continue my salah the way it is. And then halfway through, they, 
uh, break their salah and get really upset and go pray their own. And after salah, I stop them and explain the masala to them. That, listen, this is in fadl salah, it doesn't happen like this. Nafil salah is different. In nafil salah, a person can be praying, you can join them. Even if they don't have niyat of imamat. So Rasulullah is praying salah. And Nabi salam salahs were long. So while he's praying salah, he goes into Surah Baqarah. And Ibn Mas'ud is like, okay, he'll finish Surah Baqarah. Surah Baqarah is about uh, two and a half juz. About 50 pages, close to 45, 50 pages. When Surah Baqarah finishes, he goes on to Surah Ali Imran. Ali Imran is like another, close to almost two juz. Surah Ali Imran finishes. He says, okay, he'll finish at Surah Ali Imran. Then Rasulullah Sallallahu starts Surah Nisa. And Surah Nisa is also like about a juz long. So Ibn Mas'ud says, the thought of breaking Salah came into my mind. The thought of it. The I to just leave right now. This is what they're talking about, that even just a thought grazing our mind like this, we thought that Allah would send us to hell for this. And that was the lover of our taqwa. In our minds, may Allah protect it. They're grazing all over every sin that we can think of. The next advice he gives Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala anhu is لَيْسَ الْخَيْرُ أَنْ يَكَثُرَ مَالُكَ وَوَلَدُكَ وَلَكِنَّ الْخَيْرَ أَنْ يَكْثُرَ عَمَلُكَ وَيَعْظُمُ حِلْمُكَ وَأَنْ تُبَارِ النَّاسِ فِي عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا أَحْسَنْتَ حَمِدْتَ اللَّهِ وَإِذَا أَحْسَأْتَ إِسْتَغْفَرْتَ اللَّهِ Is it good, being in a good state or a fortunate state is not that you have a lot of money, a lot of children, but خَيْر, what does خَيْر mean? That your good deeds are a lot. وَيَعْضُمُ حِلْمُكَ And your forbearance, your ability to remain calm and composed, that is great. وَأَنْ تُبَارِيَ النَّاسِ فِي عِبَادَةِ اللَّهِ and that your good deeds are well accounted for amongst the people. And whenever you do good, you thank Allah. And when you do something bad, you seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says in the Quran, Allah says, look at that person who disbelieves in our signs. And he says, if I get money and I have family, I will spend it all in Allah's path. path. Allah says, does he think he has the unseen? Or has he made a pact with Ar-Rahman? Allah says, no, we are recording all these things. People want to have a lot of money and be blessed and all these things. And when we bless them, they forget us. And they turn away from us. They ask us, Ya Allah, give us this, give us that. When we give it to them, they turn away. Allah says, We're going to document all of these. What they say. And we're going to give them a long punishment and extend that punishment. Allah says, and what he is saying, we are counting these things, and one day this person has to come and stand ahead of me and stand alone in front of me. Khalid bin Walid's father, Walid ibn Mughira, 
Allah talks about him in the Quran. ذَرْنِي وَمَنْ خَلَقْتُ وَحِيدًا وَجَعَلْتُ لَهُ مَالًا مَمْدُودًا وَبَنِينَ شُهُودًا وَمَهَّدْتُ لَهُ تَمْهِيدًا ثُمَّ يَطْمَعُ أَنْ أَزِيدْ كَلَّا إِنَّهُ كَانَ لِآيَاتِنَا عَنِيدًا سَأُرْهِقُهُ سَعُودًا Allah says that the father of Walid bin Walid radiyallahu anhu, Walid bin Mughira, he says that I gave him so much wealth, and I gave him children, and I gave him time, but he didn't turn back to me. So Allah says, Dharni, let me be alone. Waman khalaqatu wahida, with that person I made by myself. Let me be by myself with the one I made by myself, and then let me hold him accountable. Dharni, waman khalaqatu wahida. So any good deed that we do, anything that we want in life, always pray to Allah that Allah gives us the ability to do a lot of good. Let it not be that Allah accepts your du'as for your degrees and you passing your exams and your wealth and good things come in your life and then you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was dealing with someone the other day, 42, 43 years old. At this age, they want to go back to drinking. They want to go back to smoking. They want to go back to partying. What is left at this time now? Now you need to start preparing for death. The Sahaba retired at the age of 40. But when you don't keep your nafs in check, then the nafs is always craving to remain young. The nafs is always craving to rebel. The nafs is always crave, craving to have a good time. But invest and make your mind in what way? That I want to be that person whose good deeds are more. And that's what I'm investing in, my actions. The habits that I build, the charity I give, the prayer I pray, this is what I want to invest my time in. And if you invest it at this age, if you build those habits today, they will remain with you till you die. This generation, we're not worried about that they're not going to listen to halaqas anymore. You guys will always have halaqas on your podcast, inshallah. Lectures and programs, we are content that this generation will listen to a lot of it. But lectures aren't enough. The amal and the actions are what's important. Build those habits that you take back and inculcate them into your life. In another advice of his, he says, Avoid the dua of the person you have oppressed. And know, Anna qalilan yughniqa and know that little good that is sufficient is better than a lot that makes you forgetful of Allah. Avoid, say, avoid the du'as of the people who are oppressed. And the little good that is enough for you is better من كثير with a lot يلهيك that will make you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَأَنَّ الْبِرَّ لَا يَبَلَى good deeds never expire وَأَنَّ الْإِثْمَ لَا يُنْسَى and sins are never forgotten let's unpack Abu Dada over here the first thing is the du'as of the oppressed don't do dhulm on anybody Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, اتقوا دعوة المظلوم فإن ليس بينه وبين الله حجاب 
avoid the du'as of the oppressed person because when the madhloom does du'a, there is no hijab, there is no barrier between their du'a and Allah. That du'a goes directly to the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Avoid dhulm. That's why in Saudi, uh, they take this, you know when someone says you've done dhulm on me, they take it to heart. I was once in the ministry of Hajj and while I was in the ministry, you know, Hajj time gets really uh, sensitive <clears throat> and emotions are really high because everyone's lack of sleep, you have to fight for your hajis. And something, something happened. And it was my father, I think he said, he said, you know, you guys are, we were just waiting for hours outside. Because you know, like the way they, they transport the passports and stuff. I don't know if they're going to do it this year, but like you land and then take your passports and they put it in a plastic bag. And that plastic bag goes to an office. And if the whole flight has Americans on it, that's great because that passport bag is going to go to the American section. But if that whole passport bag doesn't have Americans, or it's, let's say that, because you know you have connections, right? So I go from here to Istanbul, from Turkish Airlines, from Istanbul I'm arriving into Medina. So my flight may have a lot of Turkish people on it, or another nationality. They'll put it into that office. And sometimes those offices are scattered all across the city. So now you have to go collect one one passport. It is a very interesting system. We spent three, four days in Medina, Makkah. Those three, four days is in finding passports of Hajis. People are wondering, where is Mufti Saab the whole night? He's in Tahajjud, maybe, Badarola. No, I'm at the passport office looking for your passport. And that is why when you come to a Hajj or something with us, your passports have so many stickers on them, like different colors and different things. And that's our passport, the way we kind of make your passport when you come for Hajj with us, is very unique. If you put 10,000 passports in front of me, I can find my passports like this, alhamdulillah. Because of the amount of stickers we put. <laughs> and like they're so bright and they're so this. And like literally, I've been to offices where passports are dumped, piles of passports. And the guy says, uh, shuf, shuf, pick, pick from here. And I, and I just tell them, I said, look, you know, I don't need no database, nothing. Just show me where all the extra passports are. And then you'll find a passport somewhere in the corner of the crevice or something. <laughs> Someone using it as a coaster. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so over there, one time, my father says, this is bull. And that man flipped. He was like, bull, bull, bull. He's like, I'm doing bulm? He said, what do you need? I'll do it right now for you. He's saying I'm doing bulm. He's angry that we said he did bulm, but then he was doing the work immediately. So like it was, it was a mix of emotions of how we should react. Uh, but avoid the dua of the person who's oppressed. You know, that they, they say in Urdu, Now this is not the English hai. Hai in Urdu means their badwa, their negative dua, right? Avoid it. Don't oppress people. Those people who are in masjid boards, we tell them all the time. Uh, I was telling a group of people the other day. I said, generally, those who end up at, on masjid boards, they end up getting all the badwas of the ulama and the scholars and the teachers and everyone who's working over there because of the bulum that is done. This is, this is like a fact. If you go to 50 masjids, maybe one, two masjids will have someone doing dua for the people who are otherwise, for some reason, good people. But once they get some position, they become completely different people. And they end up getting, I, I, I've spoken to imams in, in, in our own community who literally called me years ago and broke down on the, uh, on the phone, literally crying, saying that, you know, the bulum that is being done to them. Alhamdulillah, today they're happy and, and, and things are going okay for them. But uh, I've seen this with my own eyes of what the bulum of other people has done. And then they get badwas. And I saw how Allah destroys those homes and destroys those, those people. So avoid the, the, the dua of someone who, who bulm is being done upon them. The second thing, 
little bit is better, that is enough for you, than a lot that makes you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Again, I, was, I met a person not too long ago. This man had, mashallah, what did he say? The value of one of his homes was $1.7 million. One house's value was $1.7 million. Allah had given him so much. But then we forget Allah when Allah gives us. And that same man approached me and said, can this majid give me zakat? With my own two eyes. I remember one time I was uh, uh, doing some youth program or youth event. Literally, he brought and dropped off watches that were, I don't know what they were called, the value of those watches. But he just dropped off. So I said, I have these things. You can go give it to the youth. I don't know what value was. I just give a raffle away. But that much he had. And then he was telling me, he said, you know, when things were going good, like I didn't, I didn't have that thought process in my mind to turn back to Allah. And that made him forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ever let the dunya or the good stuff that's coming to you make you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any good you do never expires. Good actions and good deeds is like honey. It has no expiration date. It lasts a lot. It lasts an eternity. Good you do will remain forever and ever and ever and ever. And ever. It never stops. One time, Rasulullah's house, Aisha, they had a goat that was slaughtered. So people came for charity in the house and she gave the leg away. The Prophet liked the front shoulder of the goat. That was his favorite part of the goat. In one hadith, he told one of the Sahaba, he said, give me the front of the goat's uh, shoulder. So he gave it. The Prophet said, give me another front of the goat's shoulder. He gave it. He said, give me another front uh, shoulder of a goat. And the Sahaba said, ya Rasulullah, goat only has two front shoulders. Nabi Rasul said, wallahi, if you would have listened and just done what I had asked you, until the day of judgment you have been pulled, you would have been pulling out the front shoulder of the goat. He said, you're questioning. That was the message of it, the questioning. The not listening is where the barakat went. He said, had you listened to the day of judgment, this would have been coming out. So anyway, Aisha, she goes and she distributes the meat. She keeps the first part, the shoulder of the goat at home because she knew that Nabi Aisham liked it. Aisha, Nabi Aisham comes home and says, Aisha, what's, what's left? She said, Ya Rasulullah, I gave everything away and the only thing I kept was uh, this one shoulder. Nabi Islam said, no. You kept everything else. This was the only thing you didn't keep. Because everything else, you sent it forth for the hereafter. And what you kept here at home, you didn't truly keep it. This is the only thing we didn't keep. What we gave, we kept. What we kept, we gave might understand this. The metaphysical nature of the hereafter is different. It's opposites. He actually has a lot of advices. But like I can't go over time like I usually do. Allah says, he keeps account of everything. They forget. 
and Allah is a witness upon everything. And the book will be placed in front of them. And the people who are criminals will be scared to open their own biography. And they will say, Ya Wainatana. Oh, what did we do? We messed up. What's wrong with this book? There isn't any small sin, small thing, or big thing, but this book has documented it. And whatever actions they do, they will see it in front of their eyes. And Allah says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not oppress any single person. Arun <clears throat> ibn Abdullah says, He says that people destroy their hereafter first with minor sins before they get to major sins. We first destroy our hereafter because the minor sins become steps towards the major sins. When you don't cut the minor sins out, for me first and foremost. He said, calling your friend out and holding them accountable is better than losing them. Who truly has a friend that's 100% loyal? Give your brother and be good to them, but be gentle with them too. And don't let your jealousy take control over you. No one's friends are... No one's friends are 100%. Illa mashallah. Many years ago, I had a friend, a close friend of mine. And something happened where I found out he was saying some things about me. And I got really upset. I was like, you know, where's the loyalty? And I called him out. And he said to me, he said, Wasim, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He said, do you talk smack about me when I'm out there? <coughs> I was like... <laughs> he was like, exactly. Is it, but we're still friends? He's like, stuff happens. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. But it stuff happens. If you start counseling every person who shows an ounce of disloyalty, you'll remain alone. You'll be an alone person. Just understand that no, very rarely will you find someone that's 100. Most people are C. 70%. 30% bakwas. 70% good. You know, like when you, when you buy juice from the market, 100% juice. And you look at it from concentrate. There's maybe five oranges inside there. The rest of it is all fake. And that's how people are too. They have few sips, few essence of reality in them. The rest of it is fake. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu says, لا تكثر العتاب Don't call out people a lot. فَإِنَّ الْعِتَابَ يُورِثُ الضَّغِينَ وَالْبِغْضَى 
Because when you call people out a lot, it begins to create animosity for them in their heart for you. And to constantly call people out is bad adab. And I think that this is a good reminder for myself, because people who are in the tarbiyah field and teaching field, you end up learning this through experience, if you don't heed to it. You have to choose what you say, when you say. Otherwise, too much of it makes people repel. Imam Bahanifa says, I never advise someone who didn't ask for it. I didn't give unsolicited advice. You ask me, then I give it to you. And this is for us as well. Don't be that haram police that is just there on everyone's accounts. Telling them, you're haram, your hair is showing, your this is showing, you're this, you're doing that, you're this. Don't be the haram police. Choose your battles. And even as parents, they have to do with their children. I was talking to a parent today. In, in an average day, I do what? Like, I, I do so many phone calls and messages that if I have to go back to someone's call from the morning, I can't. Like, my, my, my log is pretty much done. So, I was talking to the parent and I said the same thing to them today. I said, pick the battles with your kids. Don't call them on every single thing that they do. I have 2% left on this. So, and I have little time. Anyway. In another advice he says, Ibn Adam, O son of Adam, O daughter of Eve, Innama anta ayyam, you are just a few days. Fa'idha dhahaba yawmun, dhahaba ba'dak. When a day goes, a part of you goes. Ibn Adam, inna kalan tazal fi hadmi umrika mundu yawmi waladatka ummuk. Oh, Ibn Adam, you have been losing your days and your life has been falling apart since the day your mother gave birth to you. The clock started then. And every, you know, people say that, oh, why are you getting happy on her birthday? You're now one year closer to death. And, you know, people. But there's some relevance to that concept. That it's done and now you have less days. Every day that goes, it brings you one day closer to death. And you only have a finite amount of them. It's like someone giving you $50. That's all you have to spend. Every time you spend a dollar, one day you're going to have zero. But every day you need to spend that $50. So Allah gives each one of us a certain amount of days. And every day we spend and we live, that one day goes. And we end up inching closer to death. There's a lot of good things to cover here, but in another advice he said, There's a very famous hadith attached to this as well, that when a person does something good, then Allah loves them, and when Allah loves them, people love them. When someone commits a sin, then Allah hates them. And when Allah hates them, then people hate them. Rasulullah says that, Inna Allah idha ahabba abdan. When Allah loves someone, da'a nada jibreel. 
da'a Jibreel. He calls Jibreel. He says, Jibreel, inni ahibbu fulanan fa'ahibhu. I love so-and-so, so you must also love so-and-so. So Jibreel alayhi salam goes to all the malaika. Fanada Jibreel ilal malaika. He calls all the angels. And he says, Ya malaika, O angels, inna allaha yuhibbu fulanan. Allah loves so-and-so. Fa'ahibbuhu. I love them as well. So you must all love them as well. And then all the angels begin to love them and then the angels descend and the love of that person enters the hearts of every single person on this earth. When Allah hates someone, I hate so and so, you must also hate him. Jibreel then calls all the malaika and says, Allah hates so and so, so I also hate this person, you must also hate them. And then their hatred and their dislike transcends into people. And people just start, you know, you start wondering, why don't people like me? Why are people repulsed by me? Perhaps it's because your creator is repulsed with you. And that is a reflection. And you can feel, and your creator wants you to know, these are just my creations. And this is how it feels to be repulsed. Know that the true person who's repulsed with you and abhors you is your creator. And same thing with the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. beautiful. A man comes to Abu Dhabi and says, Oh Sunni, give me some advice. This is from the Sunnas. When you see scholars and stuff, ask them for advice, dua, always take something back and write it down. MashaAllah, none of you guys are Bukharis or Tirmidhis or Abu Hanifas. Your memories are not that great. I can tell this because most of you use GPSs to get here. <laughs> write down so that you don't forget. So the knowledge doesn't come in one ear and leave the other ear. <coughs> you have to write it down. Keep a pencil or a pen and a book with you and physically write down. There's a different baraka of, of the traditional way of learning. Right? Keep. There's a bunch of notebooks and pens over there. Learn. Adopt these things. Create that culture and habit of it. Remember Allah during good times. Allah will remember you during difficult times. The next one is deep. وَإِذَا ذَكَرَتَ الْمَوْتَى And when you remember the dead, فَجَعَلْ نَفْسَكَ كَأَحَدِهِمْ Make yourself like one of them. وَإِذَا أَشْرَفَتْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا فَانْظُرْ إِلَى مَا يُصِيرُ and when your heart loves something in the dunya, look at where will this thing take me? Where is this thing gonna guide me? So three things in this, in this uh, advice. I'm gonna unpack this after one advice of his. He says, reflection on Allah for one second, or one hour, or one minute, min it is better than spending the entire night in ibadah. What does that mean? That it's the reflections that you have for a moment of Allah, and think about Allah, that propels you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, thinking and studying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is tantamount to worshiping Allah. So he mentions three things. Number one he mentions is, know 
that if you remember Allah in good days, Allah will be there in your tough days. That's the first thing. The second thing he says is that when you think of someone who has died, and sometimes the people who die around us, a time will come in almost everyone's life here, that when someone dies, you don't feel necessarily like sad because they've hurt you so much. And you'll feel bad. Why don't I feel bad? Many of you might be too young to ever have this experience. But as years and life goes on, it'll face you. So Abu Darda radiallahu says, put yourself in their place. And know that you too one day will die. And remind yourself that if this is how others are perceiving, one day you too will die. And how will people perceive you when you die? And the last thing he says is that if you want to love anything in this dunya, just look at where is it going to take you. Is it going to take you closer to Allah or further from Allah? Everything has a motor to it. Either it will propel you closer to His Majesty or it will propel you away from His Majesty. Subhanakallah, I have a question that I have not myself for my two You can turn off the life.